podcast where we review and discuss movies, TV shows, video games, and anything else pop culture. Today, we'll be taking a look back at our favorite TV and movie offerings of 2022. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and newly christened Lord, courtesy of totally legit, not a scam site, EstablishedTitles.com. Emmett. You can trust me. Are you truly a Lord, though? Yes, I am. Lord. <laughs> Have you seen any of those established titles, sponsorships, uh, like going around like YouTubers and podcasts recently? Mm, I have not. Have you actually? Did you incorporate me? I, I tried to. Way, is this your Christmas <laughs> gift? <laughs> that was going to be my Christmas gift to you. But like, I'm but not a lord. You were going to be until we found out that establishedtitles.com is actually a scam. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Darn. It's all right, though. We'll we'll find another lordship for you. It can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of land left. As long as you're you own like a cubic foot of land or something somewhere, you could tech, somewhere in 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 the UK you can be considered a lord. I had no idea that that was like the requirement. Cubic land's hard hard to get though. Yeah, well, if we if we team up together, I'm pretty sure we can like buy a single foot of land somewhere and just be like co-lords. I no, I don't share. I'm gonna no. immediately overthrow you in a coup. <laughs> <laughs> but we could have retitled this whole thing the co-lords of behind co-lords. the fourth wall. Yeah, co-lords Co-host, behind co-lords. the co-lords. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Darn the opportunities. And I had to kill you for it. So, I know for real. Such a, a shame. <laughs> you know, Too late. it's just it's done for political reasons, I get it. Nothing personal. <laughs> Shot or get shot, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. We're, we're talking 2022, which I feel like is a hefty. Not going to talk about walls. Not going to talk about my wall. Oh, we are, we are, we are. I was just getting to that. I was just warming up the crowd here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy already forgot the format. I let him run the lead one time. <laughs> Listen, I'm a little rusty today. Okay? It's okay. I don't really have anything exciting for my wall. Um, I've just been doing my like classic holiday reruns and. For some reason, on HBO, uh, they think Harry Potter is a holiday movie. So it once is. I started, I can't stop. It's only a holiday like in the first movie, and then, <laughs> and then it just you have to watch all other the other eight. That's true. That first movie, there was a good Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween movie. You know, like, <laughs> it's all the fall holidays. Yeah. I forget, like, did they end on Christmas break? Do they end? No, he stays behind to go in the restricted section. No, but the movie, doesn't it end like right on Christmas break? No. no. They end Not even close. It goes all the way through the school year. Damn, they all okay. it's a school year, so it always goes through it. <laughs> I could have sworn this dude ended it on like Christmas cookies after getting out of bed after he got um assaulted by Voldemort or something. Jeez, what movie was this guy watching? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Monka S. All right. Isn't that's, that a, that's a happy holidays. Why don't we yeah. talk about your wall then? <laughs> I wanted to chat uh chat about that new fancy AI thing that has come out, the chat G- GPT. Um yeah, what is this? Give me the idiot's guide. So you make an account with uh chat GPT and you basically it, it's this AI that will take um basically a whole bunch of info from random parts of the internet. You tell it what to write or what to do, and it will do it or write it out for you. Um, and I saw it. I was a little bit curious about it because I've seen some people talk about it. But um, some of my coworkers at work were like, hey, this is like really kind of spooky stuff. 
Um, so I, I gave it a I gave it a try a couple days ago, <laughs> you know, downtime during work, <laughs> work hours. Um, and it's it's uncanny. I, I asked it to write out a um, a thesis, uh, a, a, a three page uh, thesis on the uh, on, on film theory from the from the 1940s, like basically just like putting some random BS on it. And I'm like, all right, it's, I'm going to confuse it. It's not going to give me anything. And they gave me one of like the most eloquent papers I've ever read. <laughs> oh damn! And <laughs> wow, it's kind of scary though. Like I know, like we're in that phase of like AI, VR, and all this stuff kind of coming to the forefront of things. But I, um, I went from like this feeling of this is so cool to like, oh my god, this is so scary. <laughs> Have we left the age of like needing to know things? I, I think we left it and we didn't realize it a few years ago. <laughs> like, this is super simplistic. And this has been out for a while. But, like, when we were kids, we got drilled to figure out, like, what the order of the presidents are and what each state capital is and know your times tables. And, yes, those things can be helpful sometimes. But all of that is at your fingertips. And now even, like, research paper level quality of understanding things is also attainable. Well, it, it got me thinking, too. It's like, well, like going back to like high school, you know, when you had to write like papers or, or even like forget high school, like college, you know, like how are if, if it can write it this this quickly and this, um, you know, like with, with so much detail, how are teachers going to be able to tell apart between what somebody legitimately wrote versus what an AI wrote? Like, it's kind of trippy to think about it in that way. I mean, we entered into the online class world these past couple of years we're That's basically true. becoming ais now i'm totally fine with it honestly i've seen avatar <laughs> yeah, i'm cool with it too man i don't care <laughs> i've seen avatar i'm good I, i'll go to pandora <laughs> i just want to be like a fortnite character like the npcs that just hand out loot and then oh just get God, beat yes. up on every once in a while wouldn't that be the best life? Like, we're turning oh. into Ready Player One, like, so yeah. quickly. Oh, that would be amazing. I can't <laughs> wait till... What was we, that place uh, called? Um, The Oasis. The Oasis, yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll call it O2. <laughs> I just want to oh, put cool. on a Gundam suit and fight Mechagodzilla. That'd yeah, what would life. be your avatar when you go into the Oasis? Have you ever given Honestly, that thought? I mean, if it works, we're like... It, like you know points or anything like that don't don't really matter i i would totally go for like a i, I would go for like a classic godzilla or You'd like be some a, sort of monster a giant yeah yeah i'd be a giant right off the bat okay although with my luck i'll probably end up as like a ratata from pokemon or something <laughs> that'll probably be my starter <laughs> you're more of a goldine <laughs> <laughs> magic harp <laughs> no not that bad <laughs> What about you? Uh, yeah, I feel like I would change it every day. But if I was going to have like my most used skin, <laughs> I feel like I would probably go with like something from Star Wars. Maybe like, I don't know, a Bantha. A Bantha. <laughs> <laughs> Many Banthas died. <laughs> or like an Ewok, maybe. A nameless Stormtrooper would be like the dream. Honestly, yeah, I would be so happy doing that. I already do that in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, I was a stormtrooper for like the longest time when I got that skin initially. I like didn't change yeah. anything. Yeah. It's still a go-to. 
Well, that's a that's a cool uh, cool wall item. I didn't hear about that yet. So thank you for my edification. I'm gonna be using it to write out all of our. <laughs> all of our <laughs> so these are not your notes. These are just uh, these are from an AI. Yeah, didn't you find it weird that I like wrote out a whole bunch of things? <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty formal for you. Yeah, exactly. It's not me. It's AI me. All right. So why don't we get into it? Why don't we talk top movies and shows of 2022 on our list? Um, just as like a disclaimer, this is pre-Avatar, Waterworld, Last Waterbender. Oh my gosh, I, I can't wait. I so can't that's wait. probably going to be number one on our list, right? Probably. Squeeze it in. Real. Yeah. But these are not five movies and five shows. These are just like the five contents we've consumed. Is that properly said? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I thought it'd be cool to mix it up into both because I feel like this has been a year where it's like kind of mixed you know like in terms of like top tv and top movies like sometimes there's years where i feel like there's movies are the more heavy hitters than others but this year i feel like they're both up there yeah did you also like when i was looking back for reminding myself what i watched and what was available to watch i felt like there was a bigger gap this year of like high quality content and then super low i didn't really see like middle ground shows where i like stuff i watched that i I was like, oh, it was okay. But it was either like loved it or hated it to me. I'll give you my answer as soon as I put in the question to chat GPT. <laughs> no, I I, I think <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think uh, there hasn't really been. Or I guess the, the, the big thing is like, there's less of a tolerance for like mediocre kind of shows. You get what I mean? Like, I feel like if you're only slightly enjoying something, you tend to quit it after an episode or two. Whereas before, I feel like because of the quantity of things, you would maybe latch onto something a little bit uh, for a longer period of time. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's been an interesting year to see. And also, this is the year where all the COVID shot projects came out. So maybe that right. has something to do with stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I do like that I took a peek at your list after doing mine, and I like that we basically got totally different things. We had one overlap, which usually we end up with these like identical lists in slightly different orders. So this is going to be interesting to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about number two because I think we 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 matched on that one. Um, yes. Together. But why don't you kick things off for us? All right, so for my number one, I'm putting an Apple Plus TV show on there. Severance, did you get into it this year? I didn't get Severance this year. I got Severance like three years ago, the last time. Oh, right. You got paid yeah. for that one, though. <laughs> no, this was like probably the most captivating show I've seen in a long time. Um, and I'm so impatient for season two. So I would actually tell you, hold off on watching it until you know when the release date of season two is. Because... Uh, I think when people asked Ben Stiller for like estimated timelines, he was like, it took us two years to make season one. So don't like count the days, uh, which really stinks. But I mean, like the acting was brilliant. Um, Adam Scott killed it. But it was really like, it's such a creative plot idea that it feels like in a world where everything's kind of been done before, this is like actually pretty unique. And then, you know, like the writing was really good. And I think for us, like it does bring up like interesting questions because we were office workers like in a cube farm. So 
it is like an interesting question of like, would you separate your work life personality from your uh, social life personality? And like, you have no idea what the other person does. So like, it doesn't impact like you, the ideal situation is like, you're happy at work because you don't know what the outside person's dealing with. And outside, you don't have to deal with the stresses of work. Uh, so it was like an interesting thing to think about the whole time. Obviously, it gets like, it's a show, so it gets a little bit crazy, but um, I highly recommend it. That's been on my um, hovering up on my queue for, for a little bit, too. I feel like we, we might have touched on it before, but yeah, um, the, the, that one, honestly, I didn't hear about until you had brought it up a couple episodes ago. I think we had like a super brief discussion on it. Well, I was pretty late to it, too. Um, so I was able to like just binge it all, which I think is a major benefit, because if I was on a release schedule, that would have been really tough to wait like a full week for it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's such a good cast. It's really good writing. Um, it's really like suspenseful, but not in like a terrifying way. Like, you know how I am with like horror stuff. I, I don't I don't really enjoy it, but this still has like small elements of that because it's like oh, it's scary that that could happen type of thing. This is like a thriller, I guess, or a drama kind of thriller style type thing? A driller. Yeah. Okay. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get drillers very often. <laughs> so that, that's top of my chart. That's top of my chart. What do you got? Um, I got a movie at the top of mine uh, for number one. Now that I didn't really rank these in terms of like what's my favorite versus uh, my least favorite, but I, it's more or less follows this flow. Um I put everything everywhere all at once uh, from A24 on here. Um, I would I wasn't expecting that out of all the multiverse stuff to come out this year that this is going to be the movie that I thought um, like best kind of portrayed it a bit. Well, not just like the concept of it, but like the way that it, it was used narratively. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I'm always a big fan of it, stuff coming out of A24. I feel like the studio has a pretty good grip on on like dramas and stuff, but uh, this was a relatively small film, made a killing at the box office just because it had a, such a small uh, budget to go off of. Uh, but impressive scale for something so small. Some of the best performances that come out of here. And also, I thought um, the, the thing that kind of got me really interested here is the actor who played uh, Short Round back in the Indiana Jones movies a couple a little while ago. Like This is his first project back in a number of years. Um, in terms of like mainstream Hollywood, and he got like a lot of uh, attention off of this performance. This is one of those movies, though, that I feel like is probably up there for like an Oscar contender this year. Uh, it's good. It's great. I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested in like that A24 type vibe, but with a little bit of an action um, twist to it. Yeah, I intentionally stayed away because the trailer was kind of freaky. Was it? Like they just wanted to grab people's attentions, or was it really exactly like how the trailer portrayed it? It is a bit how the tra trailer portrays it, but it, it gets a lot more like in you know in depth and very. It's very character driven. It's not like a flashy adventure type of movie. Yeah, because it um, felt like they were trying to go for this like funny dialogue, but in like a horror shots style, which like it just didn't make sense to me. So I kind of like was like. Mm. I'm okay if I put it off, but you're saying it's 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 up there. It's up there. And it's also one of those movies though that I, 
you know, before the pandemic, I think we had, we had talked about this when we worked together, but like on Fridays, I would typically go to the movie theater and just choose something to watch. And, you know, even if it's just by myself, but like I was that much into going to the movies. Uh, this movie was one of those cases. I didn't feel too compelled to watch it when I initially saw the trailers. Uh, and it wasn't until I started hearing a little bit more positive word of mouth that I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but I was expecting like like something to the degree of like of nope, you know, from from earlier this year. I wasn't expecting a movie that, you know, delivered really, really a really, really strong narrative while also trying to balance out something as crazy and as bizarre as the multiverse on it. Again, crazy, but I love it. It's one of my favorite films this year. That's sweet. I got to maybe I got to give that a chance. You should. When? Why don't you tee us up for uh, our commonality of number two? Oof. Okay, so this one, I had a feeling this was going to be on your list, too. Because as I was writing this out, I'm like, if I think about, like, pop culture and superhero stuff this year, I feel like there's only one movie that I can really put on, on like, a best of list. Yeah. Uh, so it's The Batman, which was an early, uh, early 2022 one. I think it even predated Doctor Strange 2, if memory yeah, serves. It came out early March, March 4th. So you and I talked about no, we no. Did we even talk about the Batman? I think we we might have. There's no way to know. It's not like we record these things and post them. I wish we would keep some sort of archive somewhere on online about our thoughts and stuff. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Listen, the this is the closest I think we're ever gonna get to Christopher Nolan again. Um, we did do a Batman episode, by the way. We did. <laughs> like right after it. <laughs> it's hard to remember sometimes right <laughs> i think i i put it as like uh i put it up there with dark knight which is actually my exact notes for this year but sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no but you're right this this is the closest we're gonna get to christopher nolan in like modern superhero times and yet this batman wasn't as grounded as that uh version was uh, but this was a spooky, scary Batman that I thought went really, really well. They went full on detective for this movie. Well, hold and... on, let me push you on that. Like, what do you mean it's not as grounded? I feel like this is scary how real it was. I th- what I mean is in a like, future world. Yes, I think the 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 reason or the thing that I feel like makes it not quite as grounded is some of the action sequences that take place are a lot more looser than they were in Christopher Nolan's Batman. I'm sorry, what I mean, he was flying from rooftop to rooftop. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's. Do not forget what that Tumblr was doing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like there was more of a conscious. So, like, the Batmobile, right? In this movie, it's more of a traditional car, the way that it is in the comics. Uh, in Christopher Nolan's, it doesn't make sense, right? Because, like, if you're going to be trampling other cars and, like, outspeeding them or so, or, like, outmaneuvering them, it, it felt better to make it a tactical vehicle and that's what it was in Christopher Nolan's. So decisions like that, I feel like kept this movie the right amount of grounded, but also, uh, you know, still gave it way for like the outlandishness of like modern superhero movies, um, which is not to discredit it or to like take anything away from it. I'm just saying like, I feel like it, it fits in this environment's uh, superhero f- flair. Uh, I think a little bit more than, like Christopher Nolan's uh, series would in today's age. Yeah. I, okay. I got you there. Um, yeah. And I don't want to compare it to like 
shot for shot how it would compare to the Dark Knight. I just mean like how I felt coming out of the Dark Knight was this is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And then coming out of Batman this year, I felt that way. Like this is the best thing since Dark Knight probably. Because like like superhero movies have been good between then. But they're always like if they're on the MCU side, they're always like, you know, lighter on the action. So it's not going to be that same dark world. Whereas, so like this puts it in a different category of superhero. And then it totally beats out everything that DC has put out between now and the Dark Knight, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like that's, I feel the same way. And I think that, uh, you know, not to digress a little bit or, or pivot away from this a little bit, but I think the recent stuff with the new leadership at Warner Brothers talking about using the Batman as the new, like the rebooting of the DC universe. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I think, you know, if, if they treat it with this level of like care and respect, I think great. Let's see what you guys can do. Cause I feel like it's a good <clears throat> entry point into the DCU uh, and far better than like Batman versus Superman or, you know, some of the more bigger tentpole films, like forget about justice league, you know, all, all of that stuff. I think I can forget if we tonally shift to the Batman and move on forward with that world that way. Yeah, and I just um, I don't want to compare the guys who have played the Batman before, but I would say that Robert Pattinson's performance is up there. If I was to rank him, he's up there. I there's so many things to love about him, hardly any drawbacks, I would say. But this was really like the reason why it's like the Dark Knight is you get this villain that is opposite him that's so perfect for it. And you don't see him for most of the movie until the reveal at the end. And it's like in that little bit of time, he puts a, a performance on stage that's basically like a Heath Ledger. Paul Dano. Yeah. yeah. And he looks so normal that it's kind of scary, you know, like. Right. All all the all the uh, killings and all that this whole time. I'm like, I'm expecting a like grotesque, disfigured Riddler or something. No, it's just a normal guy, you know, like and. That was shocking for what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, I've and I've rewatched it on HBO, like on this on the small screen, the TV, <laughs> uh, and it it totally holds up after time, and it doesn't have to be on the big screen to be good. You know, one other thing too, like before we move on from this one, the the, the soundtrack to this movie, I think, mm. is just as iconic, like really quickly as like Hans Zimmer's Christopher Nolan stuff which I thought would be difficult for them to find because they always pivot to either or stepping away from the Chris Nolan uh, trilogy. They always uh, would use the same track for the Batman 1989 film that um, I forget who composed it. I want to say it's John Williams, but I might be wrong there. But that classic Batman theme, I feel like was used through most of the other DC projects as almost like a crutch instead of trying to come up with something new. And this one felt so organic and, and frightening at the same time. Uh, which I thought was a was a really good um, result for something that uh, you know, they, they they didn't try to reinvent the wheel here, but it it feels new yet it feels familiar, uh, which you know they, they nail really well here. I feel like even now I can if you if you talk to me about the Batman I can still <laughs> remember that themes that uh, orchestral theme that's playing as he's chasing the penguin. Danny Elfman and Prince. 
This is Danny Elfman. Wow. That's what our producers are saying. It's not me. So if that's wrong, <laughs> that's, that's on our person behind Blame, the mics. Blame chat GBT. GBT. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's who running, who's running our show. <laughs> All right. So we had that one in common. I think that's, uh, I totally agree. I, like these aren't entirely in my order. These are mostly in my order. They kind of like fell that way. Um, so that's right up there with like, I, that's probably the best movie I saw this year. The Batman was? I think so. I didn't, I'll be honest. And like, I, I was going to, you know, clarify this later after I make all my picks. But I didn't do a great job catching everything this year. Uh, I caught like the big name stuff, but a lot of these like Oscar contenders, they got past the goalie on this one. I'll be honest. There, well, there weren't really much either. I feel like this, it was. That's what I like, mean. That's why I feel like this year was kind of like a dry year. Like I only saw like hits and misses. I didn't really see this like in between stuff. Yeah. Um, and I also like I didn't make the time for for seeing every show. There's just too much. There is. You know what would have helped you? AMC Stubbs A list and oh. Regal. <laughs> I should have just asked Chat GBT what to watch. You, you right, could have give, give me your number three slot. Yeah, so uh, for number three, I went uh, pivoted back to the MCU. Uh, I put World Wolf by Night on here. And uh, oh, <laughs> um, I. So this I feel like this is a really great example of the best way for the MCU to utilize Disney Plus. Uh, before we got on here, I, I was we we're just briefly touching on the phase four projects, but I felt like there were a couple of different MCU projects that I thought they had good content in them, but like it was too spread out and there was too many episodes per series. Um, but then here you have Werewolf by Night. It takes a relatively unknown MCU character, introduces them to the world. It's a standalone story. It doesn't really have to, st- you know, you're not, there's not too much connective tissue with the rest of the MCU, but it's a great um, little like dip in the water uh, for a character that's relatively unknown. Uh, it did a great job of, you know, hor- like putting us into that horror element within the MCU without fully going there. It's, it still has an MCU flair, so it works. Uh, but yeah, th- this I feel like should be like a revolutionary step for Marvel to kind of rethink the way that they're doing things. Because I don't mind content, but I do mind when there's too much and it feels like you're just not paying as much attention to everything. Uh, like, I love the Miss Marvel show, but I think it went on a little bit too long. Had they condensed it to an hour and a half, you would have had a really, really good movie there. Uh, and I feel like I hope Marvel learns from that and uses this as their. Uh, you know, like, uh, I guess, template for what they do in the future with this. But, yeah, it, it's really good. If you haven't checked it out, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's it's in black and white. It's meant to be in black and white. It's not a settings issue. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's good. The performances are well, and, and you don't get too much of this character, but you're left wanting just enough. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good format. And, again, I think one of uh, one of the better entries into the MCU Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, I think for me, it was like they released it intentionally in October to be paired with Halloween. Is it something that needs to be watched then? Like, I no. wouldn't say like that you would watch the Guardians holiday special. Like, if you haven't watched it by Christmas time, you're probably not going to watch it until next year. So is it one of those things or is it not really like that? No, I mean, I think they, they timed it for the Halloween because it just fits with the 
the feel of the month, right? But it's not Halloween based at all. Um, the plot of it is just it's basically it's 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 fighting over a MacGuffin essentially, like a, a like a number of characters fighting over one item that's important in the in the Marvel universe. Don't um, spoil the MacGuffin. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. <laughs> the MacGuffin. It's, it's the MacGuffin. It's no origin story or anything like that. They just drop you into this and you slowly start to piece things together a little bit. Um, so I, I, I thought that it was just really, really well handled. Yeah, I'm into that. Like, I agree. I think it, it, it is difficult, though, to predict how you should introduce a character. Um, if it should be like give them a whole show or if you're making just enough content for a 45 minute special. Um that's hard to get right. It's easy to say it with hindsight being like, yeah, Miss Marvel should have been either like a part one, part two, short docu movie type looking thing. Um, but it sounds like they hit a home run there. Like when you when they guess it right, that sounds like that's what they they got there. I think it's understanding what the character has and doesn't have too. Because I feel like with Miss Marvel, one of the big issues from the comic book perspective is she doesn't really have any notable villains. So in, in in knowing that, giving her her own show, it just seems like it's hard to build off of that without having something that you could build off of. Um, and so I feel like they, they recognize that for this character and just kind of approached it in a better way. Yeah, I think that the analogy for that is like, it's parents trying to force their kids to be friends. It's like they're trying to force Miss Marvel on us to be like, you'll like this character and then we will give you more of this character later on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you can't force it. You have to introduce it in a shorter sense. And if we get along, go ahead, give us the movie. <laughs> and that's what Disney plus should be for. I feel like. Right. We're talking parenting on the podcast folks. Tune Love in it. next week for Emmett's parenting section. <laughs> and we'll replace our wall segment. <laughs> All right. My number three, uh, I feel like every year there's always like three to five different sports movies, right? Maybe more than that. Um, but like three to five that like get heard about. This one to me stood out above the others. And I think, you know, putting King Richard aside, slaps aside, I think Hustle might be the best move, like the best sport movie in like the last five years since like I, Tanya or Creed. Um, I don't know if you checked this out yet. It's a, it's Adam Sandler's basketball movie on Netflix. He's like a scout for the Sixers and he goes overseas to like, like look at talent. He finds this like um, kid from Spain and he brings him back to the States. And he's like paying on his own dime to like train the kid and get him into the draft. It's like a feel good movie. Um, like totally fiction, but it's uh it's so brilliantly directed. Sandler's crushing it. It's like uncut gems, but um with more like on the court action. Like I loved uncut gems because it was like Sandler's putting a real serious piece in front of us. But I also was like, oh, you got Kevin Garnett in this. I want to see a little more basketball. <laughs> and I feel like that's what we got with this one. Um and in classics like sports movie tradition there has to be like a training montage and this has like one of the best training montages 
that like I've ever seen. I'm counting Rocky running up the steps. Wow. <laughs> That's <Damn>. high praise. <laughs> That's really high praise. Did um, you get to watch this yet? I haven't. So you know what's, Dude, what's funny? Like I feel me. like Sandler's having a bit of a resurgence recently. Yeah. With yeah. all his roles. Um, I like that he thinks he can take himself seriously because when he does, he makes these like masterpieces. Yeah, Uncut Gems was something I didn't think I'd be into until I um, watched it, and I, it, it 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 did provide like a really really good different take on on him. It's almost like what Jim Carrey did with uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oof, that's a tough one to watch. It's so heart wrenching. I remember. I know. <laughs> Not but tough like it was bad, like tough like it was a sad. I still watch that movie once a year. I feel like it's, it's really? one of my favorites. Yeah, it's Dang. one of my favorites up there. Uh, but I, yeah, no, I highly, highly recommend. I don't think it's an incredibly long movie either. I think it was only like an hour and a half or something like that. Um, it's totally worth it. I'm definitely going to add it to my list of stuff to watch on, on, on this uh, Christmas break coming up. Yeah, because like you don't even have to be a sports fan. Like you don't have to love basketball. I'm. I think it does help. I won't lie, but it's one of those like gridiron gang type movies, but better. Where it's like you're watching because you're like somebody's trying to come up and like make their way up in the world, and it's like a family struggle type of thing. It's not entirely about basketball. That's good. I feel like, yeah, I, I'd be kind of lost if it was like heavily sports <laughs> themed on it just because I'm not much of a sports guy. But yeah, I'm definitely adding it to my list then. But it's cool what he's doing. Like he's giving these NBA players an opportunity to like act. And like, I don't know, I watch basketball and I feel like I know these guys on the court. But when they start acting, it's like you get to see a different side of them for sure. Is LeBron in this movie? <laughs> Who who's I, who's of note of um who's the most notable player I guess on this? Well, they follow this uh like the main character is an NBA player. Um, he's one of the Hernan Gomez brothers. I think it's he's Juan. Um, but then they bring in like a bunch of like rookies. Like I think uh, I forget who the main guy was. Oh, LeBron was in it. You got Dr. J, Kenny Smith, the announcer and former NBA player, was big in there. Anthony Edwards is big in it. You had me. You got Bobon, Shaq's in it. Hell yeah! This is a Shaq's huge. This is a huge NBA cast. It, like the list goes on, and I could keep naming people, but I feel like you wouldn't know most of them. You sold me uh, a Dr. J, <laughs> and it was Mon Hernan Gomez is the uh, main character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Chatbot. <laughs> thank you, ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, can you hit me with your number four? Yeah, my number four or five, is... Or five. Or five? Oh. <laughs> Since they're not ordered. <laughs> um, yeah, my number four on, on this list uh, is another movie called Armageddon Time. Um, this is one that came out just about a month ago or so. Uh, early November, I think, or late October. Um, the last couple of months are kind of blending, so forget when it was. Um, I, I caught an early screening of this movie. Uh, but this is another one that I wasn't expecting to uh, to really, you know, think too much about. It seemed like one that was kind of vying for Oscar contention. Uh, but I like it. At, at the heart of it, it's basically a movie focused on the 1980s New York political tensions of the like the Ronald Reagan era. 
um, you know, this, this is like in, in particular looking at social and racial tensions within uh, within the city. Uh, all of it lived through the eyes of like this 12 year old boy uh, who's you know navigating through life and just kind of experiencing stuff like ch- changing schools and stuff. Um, but I feel like this movie felt very appropriate for the times that we're living in, uh, just because it delivers a message that I feel like could be looked at as heavy handed were it told in any other manner. Uh, but it manages to kind of weave itself through the narrative really nicely. Uh, ultimately, this is a movie about friendship and family, um, with the backdrop of it being the 1980s New York uh, uh, setting. That being said, whenever we try to do movies like this in in, in the past, um, I feel like most of the time the city kind of gets brushed as like a the setting, but not its own thing. And I feel like cities like New York kind of tend to be their own characters within films. And what I mean by that is there's so much iconography on it that you can kind of tell when you get something wrong that wasn't supposed to be of that era. So to see 1980s New York portrayed so accurately from like the graffiti on the subways to the way that Brooklyn neighborhoods were uh, set up from the 80s up until like the the late 90s, it was cool to see the attention to detail paid on this. Uh, The performances were really well, were really well done. We had Anne Hathaway playing the, the, the mom. I think there's a newcomer playing the, the kid. I haven't seen him in anything else. Uh, but Sir Anthony Hopkins is one that is, uh, plays a pretty significant role in there, too, uh, as the grandfather. And you had Jessica Chastain also. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a good movie. It's a bit of a downer, to be honest. But it's one of those that like you love to watch it just once and then you kind of put it away. Um, not to say that it's, you know, you don't want to watch it because it's bad, but it's like, it's, it's kind of like heavy and impactful, but it's great to just watch it at least once. Um, and it, uh, yeah, it, it, it delivered in ways that I didn't think it would kind of like an end of the year Oscar contender type movie. I, I really enjoyed it. No, I've heard that it's, uh, for sure a contender. And it's funny that you picked this cause, uh, this is like a shout out to my siblings who over Thanksgiving break were begging me to come with them to go watch this. And I was like, it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> and then they came back and they had similar uh, sentiment as you. That's like a watch a one-time thing. So they wouldn't go back to see it with me. Dang, that's going to be, I guess I have to go watch a sad movie alone. Or like a, a tough movie alone. <laughs> if you've ever seen Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, it has the same type of vibe to it. Um, except that one was like a 9-11 type uh, or post 9-11 type story. I think told too quick or too soon. In that in that regard but this one feels like i don't know it's just like like a mirror of time you know how they say like every couple decades history repeats itself and i'm like oh, the like the tension that goes on in that film from a political standpoint feels like what we're going through today so i thought it was uh really nicely told and well timed look at you picking your uh your oscar movies <laughs> are you ready for my oscar contender <laughs> hit me with your fourth <laughs> so, so this is where i deviate from quality i think uh <laughs> with my fourth and fifth but i'm going top gun maverick man i'm going all in on the tommy cruise on the cruise train uh i don't know this was like i had to pick a popcorn flick for our movies like, like that's our genre on this pod okay i gotta give it to the fans they love these yeah, uh true. that being said i went in with zero expectations i thought this was gonna be like you know extremely cheesy and you know, Tom Cruise trying to get a money grab going on. But I, I don't know. I think they produced something 
special with this. It was a true like homage to the original cast, but it was also like building something new. I'm sure they'll make more movies without Tom Cruise and with this new cast they built probably won't be as good, but this felt like it wasn't a money grab. Like, like when you saw it, that opening message that Tom Cruise delivers to the fans, like that felt so genuine and real. It felt as great as Nicole Kidman's AMC opener. <laughs> I only know Maria Menounos. Who's, no. uh, what's Nicole doing? <laughs> I, I, I think you've seen the Nicole Kidman one. It's the one where she sits down in an empty theater and she's like, heartbreak feels great at a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nicole, you missed, the, uh, you missed the read on that one. But no, I thought this was like, I'm not going to stand here and say like, it's an Oscar contender or anything like that. But it I is. will say that if I'm grading on a scale of like my expectations versus what they delivered, I would say this is like that that has a great ratio. Yeah, it was also like a surprise hit at the box office, too, because coming from a franchise that's been pretty much dead in the water, right, for a couple of years because nothing has come out from it. Like that was a really couple of years. It was in, made in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, just a few years ago. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> what year is it now? Uh, no, I, I do know what you mean. We're like, we, it's out of the, no one's talking about it. it. It's not like it's current or you even thought that they would be making a second one. But no, I, I think what you're thinking for a couple years is like, they said that they were going to make one and release it like a few years ago. And then I think it, ju- it had enough time of like building up anticipation and then also kind of met at the right time of year for a release where people felt comfortable to go see it. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's a movie that we kind of needed, uh, which is like silly to say, but I don't know. It felt right at the time. It did. It, it, it The crowd I saw it with was particularly enthusiastic about it. Also, you could tell Same. that this movie was shot a few years ago, like, and it was delayed because of the pandemic, mainly because Miles Teller's in it. And I feel like Miles <laughs> Teller was in everything just like five or six years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, so is Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. All right, so rounding out the lists for my last pick here, I put in something where th- this was my pivot to like a popcorn flick type thing, but um, I think it's a little bit more than that. Um, the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. So you and I didn't do like a week by week kind of breakdown. That that was around the time that we um, we that was a Doctor Ben. Yeah, that was a Doctor Ben piece. Right? Yeah, that was a Doctor Ben original. You know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 had a pretty. Um, we had pretty lengthy discussions on it. <laughs> I think it's some of our longer uh, episodes, but no, that was um, mostly because of the news. Hey, listen, the news was important. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I had some issues with the show. You know, pacing, needless subplots. You know, maybe one too many characters, but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I had thought originally. I rewatched the whole thing recently, and I really enjoyed this like re-ex or exploration of. Obi-Wan at a time that's been kind of untapped in, in the Star Wars lore. That final fight between him and Vader, I thought was worth the price of admission alone, putting aside any of the issues that I've uh, that I've I've had with it. But I think it was it was really, really good. It was a bit of a nostalgia kick for me too, just to kind of see that, like having grown up around the prequel era. Uh, it was great to see Owen McGregor back and all that. I, I thought the show overall was really good. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree that. It's a nostalgia feel. I don't know if I would put it in my top five 
because like something about it seems off. It's not like the graphics. The graphics were great. The writing was good. It's just something that I can't really place my finger on being like, it's not the best like Star Wars TV series. And I don't, I don't, I probably would put like rings of power above Obi-Wan for this year. I think I know what, if what it might be that's putting this series, I think a little bit below from where it would have been had it not been for this one particular thing. And what's that? I don't know if you've noticed this too on some stuff, but besides Andor, because Andor doesn't have this problem, but no, most... Andor has 20 problems. You're right. But go on. You're wrong. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> no. Um, so scale. Right. And I think Benji and I kind of talked about this a little bit uh, in our in our episodes. But I think the the problem that I've had with some of these shows now is that it feels so limited and so small for something that's so big in scale. And I think it's because they keep shooting these shows on that like panoramic screen thing that is starting to show the limitations of it. And I hope they start to ditch that a little bit more or at least mix it in. Because so Game of Thrones, the, the House House of the Dragon shot on that also, but they made it work. They they made all these different elements work where it doesn't feel like they're shooting on a panoramic stage. Um, but this like these shows and this one in particular, I felt like suffered from it because it was very evident that that's what was going on. And I think that that kind of dipped the quality for me a bit. Uh, I don't know if it's something, but I know it's been bugging me every time I'm watching some of these shows uh, lately. But I don't know. Do you think that might be? <laughs> what well, the I think it's like it, it's an equation of like scale and um, pacing. Like you're trying to build these massive worlds, but you're also like in Obi-Wan, you're spending a one episode or half an episode in these worlds and not giving enough time to develop. House of the Dragon, though, is too much time at one place like they may have made the scale work but they're spending six episodes in this one location so it's is a balancing act between the two things i think true 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 hit me but with your that, number five sir though i don't know how this one ended up on the list i probably should have changed it by now uh <laughs> <laughs> but i'm going with uh i i think it's more of an like a pick because i got to watch it with my pops and we were like one episode a night type of deal. And honestly, yeah, I will defend it. But did you watch Jack Reacher on Amazon Prime? I did, yeah. It's maybe it's not top five of the year quality. It might be top five shows and not top five everything. But it does have this like where like action meets some of season one of True Detective. Like it's got good detective bits in it. Sure, it's very predictable about like who's the bad guy in it, but it's all about like can they catch him type of thing. Um, and I think the lead actor, uh, what's his name, Alan Richson or whatever, I think he crushed it in this role. He actually portrayed like what Jack Reacher is supposed to like look like and feel like and be intimidating like. And he's not just like this muscular, you know, voice <laughs> like a. Um, uh, bicep with a mouth like he's more than that he he was really good in the role um and i i, I know i just picked tom cruise for my last pick and i'm picking a guy who replaced tom cruise in this role <laughs> but i think he did do a better job than tommy in this um i don't know what you think about when you saw it 
my only reference to Reacher before this was that Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't really like that movie all that yeah. much. Like, the action was okay, but it just felt a little disjointed. This this one, I feel like, felt a lot more um, organic to me. It just kind of within that like realm of like Jason Bourne, like the, the peak Jason Bourne movies combined with um, like a Tom Clancy type uh, plot. Exactly. And I think it got the best of both worlds in that sense. So it's a, it's a really well balanced show. Uh, the action's pretty good too for like a for like a series that's not on like a major network. Um, although it's to on be honest, Amazon. <laughs> no, no, but like, no like major. Because <laughs> typically these shows don't get quite as big of a budget as the major network shows, so like something right. out of an NBC and stuff. But if 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 we're being honest, I honestly feel like dollars are better spent on those streaming shows now than they are on the major network shows because like it kind of shows. I'm trying to think of like the because the the I was watching this show and the Halo series at the same time. So like I would watch one episode of this and then go to the other one. And while Halo was more expensive and more flashy, I feel like I got very little out of that versus an episode of this show. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I'm not arguing that it's like super top tier, but to me, I really enjoyed it. I will caveat that, though, with like I definitely have slept on a lot of shows this year uh, and there's more I want to see. If you were to pick two more shows that you haven't watched that you feel like you should probably give it give a give a go at that are not on these lists or movies, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think you might be a gem that you missed out on here for 2022? Well, everyone I know has been talking about um, uh, Werewolf one that you had picked. Werewolf by Night. Yeah, um, but I won't pick that because you already have it on your list. I'm like I'm seeing these things on these ads on HBO for um, his Dark Materials. Have you oh, watched that series? Yeah, that's a pretty good one too. So season three is just kind of like just making the cut for 2022, and season three looks good. I had no interest in season one. I actually thought this was season two, so I'm very far behind. <laughs> but is that worth like a watch? Because I feel like. It looks like it's getting good, and I have no reference point. It is. It is. I think especially after they kind of fumbled the Golden Compass series, I feel like this is the way. Th- I, this... I feel like that was the thing that put me off on it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Golden Compass is not It's not a terrible movie either, but it just didn't capture the scale of the, of the books. But yeah, the, the show is pretty good, and I think it gets even better towards the end of season one and into the, the following seasons. I've yet to catch up on the latest season. I'm still behind uh, on that regard. But yeah, you should totally give it a shot. Yeah, I'm thinking that. And then the peripheral on, uh, what is that? Is that on Amazon? That looked like it was kind of like that mind bender as well that I uh, had liked out of Severance that I think I might join that one for. Yeah, that one I haven't seen. I've seen like trailers and previews for it, but I haven't, that one, I yeah, that, that's an interesting pick too. But if you want to ask me about uh, shows that I'm glad that I bailed on, I would 100% put Andor on that list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, yes, no. <laughs> I disagree. Vehemently. Andor, yes, no. <laughs> I love Andor, man. I don't, I don't. I feel like that's been the reaction, though, across the... Snoozer! <laughs> that's been the whole... So, like, I feel like... You talk to anybody that's watched Andor, either they think it's the best thing ever or it sucks. Like it's really bad, yeah. it's really slow. And I'll I'll 
I saw so I saw I saw the first three episodes when it when when it dropped, and I thought the first episode was kind of meh. The last two of those first three bunch like really picked things up for me, and I thought that from from that point on, it was a really really good show. I think some of the best performances we've seen um, from the Star Wars franchise itself. Now that being said, I can I can totally picture why people don't like it all that much. There's not a there's not a whole lot of action. It's more of a drama kind of show. So it it can get slow and 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 kind of boring, you know, in some regards. But I I really really liked it. I think it's very nuanced, especially towards the last couple episodes. But, um, yeah. I mean, I I I totally can get why you wouldn't have liked. Well, it's not that it gets slow. It starts slow, <laughs> and continues yeah. to be slow for too long. Like I got two full episodes in, and we're seeing no action. Yeah, your action doesn't start until around like the mid season, which is, again, like if if you're invested into like the the drama and the characters, it gets really good. It's just that it's hard to justify that when you're trying to, you know, this is Star Wars, right? So you're looking for that kind of um, appeal also, and it's just not quite there until the later episodes, which is too and long a, of a wait it, for some. It's supposed to be a spy thriller, like. I'm sorry, it's not that cat like it's not that thrilling yet. And I get people were like, Yeah, oh, just give it to like episode six. It's like, what? That's three quarters of the show. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna give it two full movies length worth. Like it yeah, it's it's hard to justify that. Cause like if you're looking for action, you're gonna be disappointed. But I, I, I do I do think it's one of the better shows coming out of uh of, of Star Wars in general. Cause I feel like from the performance aspect of it, from the visuals, all that, it's great. Um but again, yeah, I uh, everybody I've talked to it's either you love it or you hate it uh, for various yeah. different reasons. I'll tell you, the last half of the season has some of the best moments in Star Wars that I've seen. Um, and I feel like if I could just cherry pick those out and we, we, we would have had more of that in the first half, I think the conversations would have been a little bit different. But that's not how sure. they chose to go with it. So, What about you? Do you have any shows or movies that like got past you that you know are like on your list that you'll eventually go back to there's two that um are kind of more recent additions to my list but one is uh jesse eisenberg's new show on fx i, I don't know if you've seen any of the um previews for it but it's a show called fleischman is in trouble which is about a couple getting divorced and like kind of like the fallout of that divorce um I'm not really too much into this kind of thing most of the time, but I like Jesse Eisenberg when he's put into like a new type of setting that's not, you know, all that familiar with him. Cause I feel like most of the time people will hire him as like the quirky dude. Um, but this feels like um from the previews I've seen, I obviously haven't watched an episode, but this feels more like the social network than it feels like uh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor, you know. So I, I think <laughs> It looks like an interesting show. I, I definitely want to watch it. Uh, and it's up there on my list. Uh, the other one, and maybe a little bit more of a interesting pick, I guess, for me. Uh, I think it's called... So I've seen a few episodes of the first season of the show, but from a few years ago. I think the last season came out the first half of this year. But it's called uh, Raised by Wolves, I think. It's an HBO show also. It's about uh, like a post-apocalyptic type world where these androids are raising these kids 
And the first season is all about how the kids can't tell if they're androids or not, or if they're real. And there's a big mystery over who's, you know, who's the creator and all this. It seemed like a very interesting show. I got through three episodes, but just like other shows that I've been really into, it just kind of cycled out because, you know, Mandalorian season two had come out and all these other things that were up in the horizon. So just kind of, I lost track of it. Uh, but I want to see how they ended up uh, wrapping up that show. Well, uh, Chatbot is telling us that uh, season three is canceled. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so I wouldn't get too into it since it doesn't seem like it's going to get. <laughs> Maybe don't invest too much time into that. Show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, season two did count as yeah, it started in February. So it made it to this year. Also, special shout out to the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus. <laughs> because Tim Allen needs work, you know. Yeah, he needs the work. Um, any class, any like holiday movies that you're into? Um, the Guardians holiday special. Not <laughs> oh my god! I I took five different attempts to watch it to get through it. Like <laughs> I thought it was gonna get better, and it didn't every time. I thought it was cute, but I feel like that's where it ends. You know, like that. That's you know, it's it's a little too uh niche i guess for for my taste but not uh, nothing no like new holiday films i think well maybe the one with uh i think it's david harbour playing santa claus the like horror thriller one of him rescuing yeah, a girl like from being kidnapped last night or something like that yeah or, or final night something yeah that, that that's on my um that looks like a funny action like die hard type like a funny die hard basically if it's anything like Krampus from a few years ago, I think oh I'll my, definitely yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I really want to watch Spirited. Have you watched that yet? I've watched Spirited Away, <laughs> the anime. <laughs> no, the Ryan Reynolds and uh, Will Ferrell. No. Well, musical. I've seen the previews of it, but I haven't, I haven't yeah. seen it. I feel like it's going to be funny at the very least. <laughs> it's an interesting duo for sure. But I think I think that's a good spot for us to wrap up. We've clearly uh, outlined our top five choices that uh, have to be, you know, qualified as we haven't seen everything. So yeah. hit us up if you think we've missed something important, which we probably have. Otherwise, how, how can they do that, Ivan? At uh, reaching out BT, to us. BT4 dubs. BT4 dubs. Twitter <laughs> dot slash and backslash hashtag. Watch tag. something like that. <laughs> Wait till we're verified, <laughs> then we can shout. Out. Yeah, we need to pay for our check mark. We gotta yeah, I'll, I'll, so I'll, if you I'll, could Patreon us, <laughs> I'll fork over the eight dollars for that blue check mark. <laughs> we should boycott Twitter. We should start our own thing. Oh God, I feel like we should. I think we're we're getting right to that point with all the <laughs> stuff going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> We stand with you, Twitter employees. We'll follow say it us, here. Follow us on Pinterest. <laughs> All right, guys. Pinterest is the place to find us. We're going to start our, our MySpace account up again. Yeah. So our look, Minecraft look server. forward to that. Minecraft <laughs> server coming soon. <laughs> We're going to do Fortnite uh, private custom lobbies as well. If you yes. want to hop in with us, Definitely. reach out. Tell us that you're interested. Otherwise, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.